0: Alright, well I guess I guess we learned two things. One, I shouldn't trust you guys. Whoa. But two, the Whoa. other two <laughs> All right, we didn't learn that. Alright, we didn't learn that. back to another episode of 1980s Now, a weekly examination of the importance of 1980s pop culture and its influence today. Hey, my name is Will, and joining me as always are my friends and co-hosts, Kat and John. Hey, guys. Hey, guys.
1: Hello again. See, now the ya? folks
0: hearing this on the audio podcast, mm-hmm. and not with us live, yeah. heard me speed through the intro, just like I'm some kind of amateur. But the reality <laughs> is like an amateur i sped through it because i already did it once and we had it recorded a second time so either way you're right
2: as john would say they're seeing how the sausages are made right
0: you see how the sausage is made that's right yeah. curt- which i mean the, the the thing about that metaphor is right it really the beginning of it i think the full saying is you don't want to see how the sausage is made because it's a horrifying
3: that's right, right process
0: right mm-hmm.
1: That will turn you off of sausage. That's right.
2: Well, we don't want to extend the metaphor to us though, right? It's all,
1: it's all lips and snouts. You don't want any of that in your, yeah. Yeah. See, see,
0: the thing is John keeps sharing these adages, but not the whole thing. Like the lips and snouts one. There's a whole, there's a
3: whole more thing
1: to that. <laughs> I'm transposing and transmogrifying them into okay. my own saying. Very good. Yeah. Well, hey, but, uh, I'm well, avoiding but, copyright infringement. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Hey, uh, we are recording this, and the reason why we look—the the reason we're not the reason we're doing it over again—we did it over again for an audio problem. But, but I was I was saying in the first version of this recording that I'm excited to be able to say we're recording this episode live before a Facebook and YouTube audience. I wish I could just say you know mm-hmm. live before an audience or, because when we were kids and we would hear that at the top of a show like Laverne and Shirley or what All in the Family, something like that, and you'd hear like some applause a little bit. I always got so thrilled because it was like seeing Mm, theater.
1: Okay. So it wasn't like you were excited to see if they might mess up. It was that it felt, you could feel the live vibe because you knew they were in front of someone, even though you couldn't see them.
0: Yes. Yes. It was more the latter. Mm -hmm. Because especially when I was younger, you know, uh, I hadn't seen a live performance of of anything probably, but certainly not anything theatrical or theater uh, until I was, you know, probably at least double digits in age. And uh, so the theater I saw was, you know, they'd have what Masterpiece Theater, I think it was, where they would show like a recording of a Broadway show or some show, you know, on on PBS. And I loved those things where you could see there was an audience. I did feel like I was part of the audience. So it that kind of excitement extended to the sitcoms that we liked from that era as well.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Now,
0: uh, (laughs) I guess to John's point, though, you can be watching this live (laughs) with us on Facebook and YouTube and see us mess up. (laughs) it's rare but I mean stick around but for the folks listening at home now after it's been recorded we cut a lot of that stuff out although uh, (laughs) we leave a lot into probably too much for John
1: (laughs) which is (laughs) pretty telling if we cut most of that out and this is what you hear
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, hey hey, uh, so look uh, not only are we recording live in front of our Facebook and YouTube audience, but this episode is brought to you. Whether you're hearing it in post or hearing it live, this episode is brought to you in courtesy of the fine folks over at Sweets and Geeks. I'm so excited about Sweets and Geeks. Uh, you can you look, I can, I can visit them because they're not too far from where I live. It's a fantastic, oh, a place. I'll tell nice. you a little bit about more about it later. But you yeah. can actually shop Sweets and Geeks online at SweetsandGeeks.com for your next memorabilia or game. I get my games there, my board games. Uh, but they've got a lot of stuff and candy, international candies. Anyway, I'll tell you more about it later. I said, Ooh. okay, but all right, what's great about these folks is in addition to just sponsoring this episode, they've given us a $25 gift card, which uh, to shop at their store. Ooh. Again, you can shop online uh, that we're going to be giving away to someone in our live audience later. If you want to participate in the chat or in, in the games uh, for your chance to win, join us on Facebook or YouTube on some Wednesday until, or, you know, at 7 PM Eastern or until we get tired of doing it. Uh, probably <laughs> next week. <laughs> Actually, the next thing, Cat's doing one hit wonder challenge. So that's going to be fun for, I think, the live folks to be able to guess whether yes. or not a song Cat play, plays for us is mm-hmm. was a one hit wonder, was from a band that's a one hit wonder. That's right. Okay. Those are hard. Yep. I think John and I biffed that one last time, right? It was terrible, I think. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't yeah.
2: remember. Yeah. I think it was half and half. <laughs> it didn't do too badly.
0: Well, it was like I would recognize the song, be able to sing the words, and not be able to think of the title. It was like horrible. <laughs>
1: Yeah. Right. Well, and then you came down to like, is it a one-hit wonder or not? And you're like, mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure. Oh no! And it was yeah. this. Or, <laughs> no. or what? And anyway. Yeah. This, there's the criteria. I was constantly second guessing myself. Is what I always. That's that was my downfall.
2: All that, I remember. That's what is- I'm trying to get you to do. Cat,
1: cat
0: <laughs> would give us the craziest clues. I
2: love giving the clues. <laughs> those clues. I love giving. <laughs>
0: The best clue is the only one I remember, though, which was related to Star Trek. John lit up. Can you have all Star Trek related clues?
2: That's what that was my goal. Oh, I have to remember to do that. that. All Star Trek related. Got to reach out
0: to somebody who know who
1: could do that. I'm going to have to phone a friend. That was the that was the the Tapao single. uh, Heart and Soul. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. So that's next week.
0: But I I remember those. That's the only one I remember. Hey, but on today's show, I'm going to be sharing with you the true crime. It's not really a crime per Mm -hmm. se, against in legal sense, except it. Well, I guess. Well, it's a crime against humanity, in the very least. Let's say that. In the very least,
1: someone was, you know, uh, what's the word looking for? Egreged? That's not a word. Someone (laughs) egreged. Mm-hmm. Is that a thing? Okay. Aggrieved. I don't know what it, it means, but it sounds good. Aggrieved. Aggrieved. Yeah, that's what they were. Aggrieved. Yeah. People were definitely miffed. How about that? Yeah. You go to, go to jail for miffing somebody. Ooh. <laughs> Depends on where you miff them. Point on the oh. doll where you where, were miffed. Where those bad man miffed you. <laughs> I'm telling you, he, he
0: miffed me. He completely miffed me. Does this kid just have a lisp? We got to let those people go. (laughs) Uh, Before we talk about, uh, oh, and it's a true crime perpetrated by the infamous uh, video gamer and uh, Todd Rogers. So uh, if if you've heard of him, you might be familiar with his legend. If you you only heard the earlier part of his history, then you think he's a fantastic guy (laughs) with with amazing records, video game records. Uh, before that, though, we're going to review current news stories related to 1980s media, including Richard. Oh, here you go. This is the worst one of the bunch in the two or just whatever. Richard oh, well, marks the spot with a rant. Oh, oh that's, that's good. Bad. Okay, uh, A 1989 okay. song finally hits number one. And there is a, uh, let's see. Oh, and an alleged cheater. Alleged cheater. Eludes justice. Mm-hmm. That's my editorial there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's time codes mm. and notes if you'd like to skip mm. around. Hey, a quick announcement real quick. I know we're talking about a lot of stuff before we actually get to the show, but this is the show. This is the show.
1: This, this is it. This is, is what show? it is. Yeah, yeah. Last, yeah, enjoy.
0: Last week, I failed to mention that during our break, I recorded an, uh, a discussion, an interview, I suppose, with Ashley and Aspen Summers, uh, twins, twin sisters who host a podcast called It's a Twin Thing. And that's been live for a few weeks mm. now. You should check that out if you want to hear more of me. All right. I have not listened to it because I hear plenty of me every <laughs>
2: I
1: listened to it.
2: Mm-hmm. You did? It was fun. Yeah. Okay. And? Oh, yeah. Yeah. It was cute. Yeah. They, I enjoyed
0: it.
1: Did they say everything twice because they're twins? No, but mm. they said it
0: in sync and it had that shining kind of vibe. Come oh, that's
2: creepy. On.
1: That's creepy. Yeah, it was. It was freaky. Oh.
2: It was hard to tell them apart. Yeah. <laughs> vocally too.
0: Yeah. It didn't I help to imagine. have them on yeah. video. Yes. Uh, <laughs> and then listen later this week for my for my chat with author Amy Daughters about her book, You Cannot Mess This Up. It's a really interesting
1: book. Oh, yeah.
0: Fun, enlightening. That
1: that book, that looks very interesting. I look forward to that. Yeah.
0: All right. Hey, hmm. let's get started uh, on 1980s news. Hey, uh, this week in 1980s news, as reported by Ultimate Classic Rock, Richard Marks scolds a concert goer. (sighs) Now, you may recall- Right earlier uh, this year, uh, while uh, mm-hmm. touring this summer, John Mellencamp exchanged some—I wasn't going to say pleasantries, <laughs> but that's a lie—profanities with uh, some <laughs> unruly audience members, mm-hmm. uh, and he threatened mm-hmm. even to to leave the concert, his own concert, if people didn't start cooperating and behaving themselves. Right. Well, this this time, singer Richard Marx has some harsh words for a concert goer who was uh, talking during one of his recent performances. Uh, mm-hmm. The incident took place January 21st during a show in Port Chester, New York. Marx, who is out on a co-headlining, who uh, was co-headlining, uh, who was, he just wrapped it up in January, at the end of January, he was co-headlining an acoustic tour with Rick Springfield, another uh, uh, singer from that era. And actually he was a singer turned actor turned singer, Rick Springfield. Um, mm-hmm. He was, perf- yeah. Marx was performing a 1982 in 1982 Angelia. I don't know this. Is that how you say it?
1: I don't know that song.
0: I'm not familiar with that. I know the <laughs> hits. So maybe right. this is why. This I bet is, if I
1: heard yeah. five seconds of it, I'd know it, but I don't recognize right. it by name.
0: Right, Angelia. It <laughs> was like one second of it. That's the
1: one, my favorite.
0: Well, maybe this why this unruly this person was unruly. You know, it was one of those play the hits kind of. Yeah. Freebird. Anyway, while yeah. he's doing this song, a woman in the audience uh, starts talking loudly. Other people in the crowd around her starts to started to hush her to be quiet, but the noisy mm-hmm. fan didn't seem to care. So after finishing the song, Marx pointed his finger directly at the offending concert goer.
3: J'accuse.
0: <laughs> and I've got a clip here that I should share you with what, uh, what he had to say. I'm genuinely curious who raised you <laughs> to think that anything you could yell out was more important than what we were doing.
3: <laughs> Learn some fucking
0: manners, <laughs> baby. And then Rick Springfield chimes in saying, do not piss my friend off. Mm -hmm. Now, I don't know, uh, you know, what this woman, if she was a fan, like why she's there or or was she drunk? Uh, What's the situation? Maybe she started talking because the song was shitty and no one knows what this Angelia song is. But I got to think in the very least you're there, you know, at least this much. The social dynamic is you're the person in the audience and that person on stage is on stage because they're in this instance, a very famous, you know, Mm -hmm. hit uh, song recording artist, (laughs) award-winning recording artist Uh, (laughs) that if he chastises you, I don't know. I would shrivel. Especially if I was a (laughs) fan, I'd be horrified. Like, oh my God, I love you. And now I feel like any chance of us becoming best friends has been ruined.
1: Well, first things first, Will would not go to a concert. So that's not a problem.
2: (laughs)
0: There's
1: no risk of that. (laughs) And so I listened to the audio, the beginning of that clip, where you can hear her, I won't say heckle, speaking. Like, she's not going, blah, blah, blah. She's saying something, something about, and I, I listened a couple of times, it's almost like she's instructing him something about the microphone, like, get back to the mic or get in front of the mic, or <laughs> like, she couldn't hear it the way she wanted to or something. Yep. At any rate, it's not her job to tell them how to perform. Right. I'm not a huge Marks fan. However, yeah. mm-hmm. I like him a little bit more now, because yeah, <laughs> I go to concerts, and I've had to tap people on the shoulder in front of me who, because the song is loud, they lean over and whisper. They lean over and go, do you know this song? This is my favorite song. No, shut up. The song is playing. Talk about it later on the way home in the car when you're not here bothering me. People will do that. So Mark's, learn some fucking manners. Yeah. Yeah, do it. She should. And,
2: And my guess would be, I'd be shocked if there were not, uh, alcohol involved, <laughs> oh, some yeah. kind of inebriation, and then also in that case, Still. someone drunk being called out isn't going to care if they're being called out. <laughs> yeah. They're not going to shrivel. They're going to—they'll
0: care later when they they see the video. Uh, yeah. Maybe yeah. <laughs> it does seem like increasingly you can't mm-hmm. shame. There's a lot the poor the portion, the portion <laughs> of our population that you can't shame is growing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and maybe to Richard Marx's point, like you know who are raising these people? I don't know. Probably the internet. You know, in defense of this person's parents, uh, (laughs) Right. <laughs> anyway yeah you're right john as far as going to concerts my tv
1: never yells at me <laughs> well, but in, so but more mapped onto the story have you ever yelled at your tv correcting it telling it to fix the iris the colors off like you uh, wouldn't something yes not that but yes yeah. something absolutely yeah, yeah right i mean the filmmaker knew what they were doing you know you're not calling up spielberg and going so i'm watching jaws and right. here's the thing right? You're, you're right. <laughs> that shark looks ridiculous no, I'm like, you know john i have been like
0: they didn't color correct the scene. It just cut to the yes. same scene, the same thing. They don't match at all. And my wife's like, what are you cut? talking about? What are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> that sky is a different blue now. <laughs> uh, in addition to uh, telling uh, people not to piss his friend off, the Jesse's Girl singer added that he's been in similar situations with when fans have been disrespectful while he performed. And then he offered... <laughs> He offered an alternative way to deal with the fan. He said, "Quote: I'm going to come to your work, and I'm going to pee on your desk while you're working." <laughs> is, is, is that a one-to-one mapping? Yeah, really? Yeah. <laughs> What's the phrase when it's not when you bring a different? Like you bring a, a gun to a knife
1: fight kind of thing?
0: Right. right. So, it's, yes. Definitely. It's it's yes. out of parody. Yeah.
1: Like this is an overreaction, overcompensation for yeah, thespis still. But what if he really did? That would that would be a news article. Yeah. Uh, Next week we'll talk about talk about Springfield video. pissing yeah. on somebody's desk. Oh my God. Hey. <laughs>
2: Everybody, Rick Springfield's here in our office. Oh, my God, Mr. Well, Springfield,
0: I'm a big fan. What are you doing?
2: That's what I was thinking. The excitement over Rick Springfield showing up. No. It wouldn't matter what he was doing. Uh, it, would it wouldn't matter.
1: It wouldn't matter, Cat. Let's see. Is he putting on a concert or is he urinating on Karen's desk? Right. <laughs> it's really two different stories. Mm-hmm. And he's like, don't look
0: at me. I can't do
1: it when people are looking. Turn around Run <laughs> and only, over only here. Only One of those makes TMZ. I'm telling you. <laughs> all
0: right. Hey, let's see what else we got here. Hey, also in, in 1980s mm. news this week as reported by entertainment weekly. Oh, you know, okay. Let's, uh, all right, pause, 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 pause. Okay. Let's play a game. Ooh. Okay. This is what oh. I really want to do. All right. For okay. our next 1980s news story. Let's play a game. We've played this game before. I'm mm. going to play you a song. Okay. <laughs> 10 seconds of a song. You tell me uh, when and if you, you buzz out of the song, okay? Okay. Oh, okay. Right? Like, All right. We've done this before, right? We've done it many times. All right. Here, uh-huh. Here's the song. Okay. Ready? Buzz out yeah. when you, you wouldn't. Buzz out. And the, uh, for folks who don't know, we, we we buzz out when we would have changed the radio station. Is the idea?
1: Yep. Okay. Here we go.
0: I'm out. What? You guys are hanging in there. Of course. Yep. All right, you guys are wrong. (laughs) All right, hey, this week in 1980s news, as reported by Entertainment Weekly, Fast Car hits number one on iTunes after a uh, Grammy performance. Mm -hmm. So lo and behold, Mm -hmm. Tracy Chapman, you remember Tracy Chapman way back from uh, the 1980s. Well, she's back on the top of the charts where hopefully she feels like she belongs because after the singer-songwriter performed her signature hit, Fast Car, at the Grammys just last Sunday, the song rocketed to number one on the iTunes store by Monday morning.
1: So not a Tracy Chapman fan, not a fast car fan. What is it about? No. Is it her in general or that song in general?
0: Uh, huh. Well, okay. It's again, it's, you know, sort of a downbeat song. So I'm out already. An
1: acoustic guitar it like is. that. That's not, oh, you know. Oh,
2: I didn't think I'm of out. that for you. That's right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I didn't even get to it's the fair. words.
0: I know the sum of the words. So what she's going to start talking about. I got a fast car. I'd use the car to get the fuck out of here. If you had a fast car, you'd drive up here and pick me up. It is a pre
1: Uber song, kids.
0: Now you don't need a car.
1: That's why I don't have songs. You, you may, you may be marginalizing the uh, impact of those lyrics, but okay. Right. <laughs> I, I didn't get past that part. I, I will tell you that I wasn't, I might not have listened to the whole thing if I was, Sight listening, sight reading, whatever you call it, you know, fresh. I never heard the song before, Mm. but, but having the history, that's why I didn't tune out because I know the song. And as soon as I hear those, that guitar, I'm like, I want to hear the rest of this song because I know how it builds and how it resolves. So maybe on the merits of the musicality, I might've been with you, but based on the legacy of the song, I'm in. I
2: was, I was all the way in because I think it's, even if it's not my favorite song and I do, Mm -hmm. I do feel sentimental about it because of, you know, that time, but it's pretty to me. It's, it's compelling. I like the, like the guitar. I like the melody. Even if it's melancholy, oh. it's still drawing me in.
1: Cat's never heard the lyrics. Just put that out there. <laughs> right.
2: That's right. Remember, I don't pay attention. So I'm, I'm making sure. Just with whatever they're out singing there. about. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: And the only lyric I know is I think, she, I think she says she has a fast car. That's all literally I know. Um, But <laughs> this implies to me though, both of you, Again, because this exercise for me is like recreating when I first heard it. But when you first heard it, you mm-hmm. left it on in nineteen, uh, you know, eighty nine when it came out or 88 when well,
2: it came out. Well, I only listened to what was on the one station. You,
1: anyway. didn't, you didn't have the choice. It's not like I could hit skip, right? right. And we only had three right. stations. The other two were country and classical. So I'm mm-hmm. staying on the station. Yeah. <laughs> that's a problem.
2: Yep,
0: yeah. that was it. Long enough just- to
1: fall in love with the song. Again, on the musicality, I might have been with you, Bill. Yeah,
0: sure. Oh, that's okay. Mm-hmm. Cool. Well, so it hit number one on the iTunes charts, which isn't you know the sort of the yeah uh, I don't know
1: the the the
0: whatever something or other. It's that thing that's happening again. I'm just older. Words. Uh, it's not the uh, it's not the Mecca. It's not the I don't know of 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 of, of music records pinnacle and stuff. Pinnacle. Okay. Um, yeah. Sure. sure. Yeah. Yeah.
2: That's a good word. Pinnacle.
0: You know, there's so many mm-hmm. choices. So this is like the choices
1: now. Kind of like the is it was it the Kate Bush phenomenon with Stranger Things? A little mm-hmm. bit different. Like she was featured in, in in Stranger Things, in a TV show, whereas mm-hmm. this is, you know, she came up because somebody covered her song, and she opted to not sue them this time.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, yeah, and Entertainment Weekly speculates that maybe they mm-hmm. hit number one on iTunes because it's a it's a still a media medium that's used by older folks and folks of our generation mm-hmm. watching the Grammys were like, oh yeah, I remember that I remember song. That. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's what happens after I turned it off. You know what? I'm gonna buy it. <laughs> Oh, Kat, you were going to say,
2: Oh, credit or, uh, Tracy Chapman. Right. Yeah. She, I guess she has a history of, um, holding her music close. Right. Mm -hmm. And, um, Mm -hmm. but, uh, from what I read, it sounds like the guy that she sang with, um, Luke Combs, the Grammys, Mm -hmm. Hmm?
0: what's his name? Luke Combs,
2: Luke Combs. He gave her lots of credit. Like he covered it and he, he was Mm -hmm. including her the whole way. So. Maybe she was happy with that. Well, his, you know,
0: look, our song's been covered. uh, This song has been covered, I don't know, countless times. Uh, Mm -hmm. For some reason, this one has struck a chord with listeners because, you know, the popularity of the the old song certainly can't be, uh, you know, disconnected or removed from the fact that Luke Combs' version of the song is a hit. Uh, He recorded a cover of it for his 2023 album, Getting Old. uh, And that's Mm -hmm. why we saw this performance of it on the Grammys. Uh, where mm-hmm. Luke Combs and Tracy Chapman performed it together there on stage. Um, yeah. But you're right. Uh, he's he's always honored her, the fact that, uh, you know, he, he owes his hit to her. And he, he explained yeah. that the reason he recorded this in the first place is because he remembers this as being the first song he ever considered his favorite song as a little boy, his father would play it for yeah. him. And he thought this is my favorite yeah. song. Even before he understood yeah. what it meant to have a favorite song. It was this song. Sure. It was a song he learned to play on the guitar early. And as he mm-hmm. started becoming interested in music and it's a song he said, mm-hmm. he's performed countless times before he ever even recorded it. But mm-hmm. when his version of the song won song of the year at the country music awards last year, the award went to Chapman making wow. her the first ever black artist
1: to win it.
2: Did you guys watch the performance of the two of them singing it together?
1: Well, we'll turn it off after the first few moments, but I watched it.
2: (laughs) That's right. That's right. Well, it was really cool to watch them singing together. They they were... You know, looking at each other enjoying like they were really enjoying singing together it was why is really Will singing. laughing at
1: Cat what's happening know. here because like, <laughs> you're, I, Look, I agree with Cat I thought it was really sentimental and touching he paid great respect to Chapman yeah. and they changed the lyrics a bit you know mm-hmm. he's like you've got a fast car so they're like the bouncing back and forth my car's as faster than your stupid bit.
0: car I have a fast car
1: oh my you goodness. can't even afford
0: to buy gas
1: you're broke ass
0: guy with a dumb looking car
1: they were battling once will's decided he doesn't like something it's over
0: what i was laughing because i already said i don't like this song so seeing two people sing it doesn't it make it better it's the same level of i don't give a shit about this song get it off
1: Mm.
2: it was really sweet yeah yeah
1: Yeah. everyone's entitled to their wrong opinion (laughs) There you go. That's right. It's an interesting (laughs) phenomenon, though, right? Like you're talking about Kate Bush. Someone from the
0: 80s Mm -hmm. with Kate Bush had this resurgence of this song that was today made her more money and has more popularity than it did in the 1980s. This song didn't win, uh, you know, a song of the year. Certainly wasn't, um, I believe probably wasn't nominated for a country music award back in the 1980s. Oh, no. (laughs) This year, (laughs) it wins. It's really kind of. Wonderful and fascinating, yes. you know, that again, t- yes. talking about the staying power of 1980s
1: pop culture. So here's something I have said to many people, and it's happening again here. Yeah. And usually when I say it, people go, yeah, I don't know about that. And certainly will, will, but I'll tell you anyway, Kat. It is Thank that you, John. As the years go by, <laughs> the pop of like 30 years ago is what country is now.
4: Mm-hmm. So you think back
1: to like, you know, you think back to like Elvis, you know, he was, Elvis was a controversial pop artist. Right. And now he's basically, you listen back to that music and it's, they're like country ballads. It's not so heavy. And now as country, the, like the rockification of country over Mm -hmm. the years, it's not just steel guitars and twang anymore. There's a little more beat to it and more, Mm -hmm. more, more in it. It's more like 30 years ago, rock is, and there's the sliding scale that it goes. And here's another example. Here's fast car is charting winning as a country song, With no change to the melody or to the lyrics or anything, it's just slightly different instrumentation, and it wins.
2: And someone who was a country music singer singing it, it was it was just like the changed person, right? Yeah, yeah. it just fits, but it still fits. It fits
0: every place but my uh, home. (laughs) (laughs)
2: Uh, The original car.
0: (laughs) The original version of the song reached number six on the Billboard's Hot 100. Uh, In 1988, it won Chapman Mm -hmm. Three Grammy Award nominations in 1989 Including Song of the Year Uh, She did win for Best of Female Pop Vocalist Combs' version uh, climbed to number One on Billboard's Hot Country Mm -hmm. Songs uh, Chart in September After 19 weeks at the number two spot Mm -hmm. Um, Anyway, there you go That's enough of that You know, I realized we didn't check on folks' comments last time So we should probably read some of those And we could add them in wherever Mm -hmm.
1: Unless they're not good Nick knows what's up Will is trolling his co-host. This is comedy. Yeah, he 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 recognizes does it. Does
0: that does that suggest Nick suggesting that uh I don't really like? I really do like the song. Is that what that means?
1: No, I, I think I think he's just saying that you 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 revel in oh, in okay. nagging yeah. us maybe.
0: Yeah. I don't revel in it. I'm just honest. You don't seem to not enjoy it. I don't mean to agree <laughs> with you or whatever you said earlier. Ooh. Agreed you. Agreed. I don't mean to agree you. Owl <laughs> <laughs> writes most music is a mishmash of styles now. But I thought it's he wrote most music is Amish <laughs> mash of styles now. It's,
4: See that? Pure pure <laughs> acoustic is
0: Amish. <laughs> so agrees with John. So there you go. But I saw earlier that Tony agreed with me saying that's a
1: pass on Tracy Chapman music. He's probably come around now that he's heard the rational arguments that Kat and I have laid out, though. Exactly right, yes.
0: (laughs) Hey, finally, in 1980s (laughs) news, as reported by Courthouse News, notorious arcade gamer Billy Mitchell settles suit over Donkey Kong world record. Mm -hmm. Hey, on November 7th, 1982, Billy Mitchell set the first widely recognized Donkey Kong world record of 874,300 points. I'm trying to think well. if I've ever broken a thousand on Donkey Kong.
1: <laughs> if you finished one board you broke a thousand. Oh, is
0: that right? Okay. I have made it to the second board
1: okay. every now and then. All right. I do. You probably pulled in, you know, 5 to 10 to grand.
0: All right, but still that, that that's far fewer than than Billy Mitchell got in 1982. Yes. Anyway, this yeah. record stood until August 17th in 2000 when it was surpassed by Tim, I'm going to say Serby, uh, with a score of 879,200 points. And there it sat. I'm sure someone beat it probably after that, but it wasn't until 22 (laughs) years later. This is kind of like the Tetris thing we talked about last week, because it wasn't until 22 years later in 2004 that Steve Weeby became the first known human to score over a million points on the classic arcade game. It turns out that several raccoons had actually reached that score months (laughs) earlier, (laughs) but they don't count those scores. (laughs) Weeby submitted a videotape of him achieving this, uh, you know, record. Unfortunately, Weeby's score was rejected by the self-appointed record keeper of video game high scores, Twin Galaxies, over a discrepancy behind the specific machine Weeby used to achieve the feat. And this is well documented in in the King of Kong uh, documentary. Uh, But later, shortly after this, eager to prove himself in a manner that could not be contested, Weeby appeared live and created a verified world record when he scored 988. Eighty five thousand six hundred points during a performance before an audience, much like our show today. Yes. Uh, But on that same day, Mitchell, remember him, the guy who achieved the first world record of Donkey Kong? He submitted a videotaped score of a million forty seven thousand two hundred. Initially, this videotape tape courts controversy. It seems like maybe it was edited. It seems like mm-hmm. maybe it was using a, an emulator. All these kinds of questions are raised, but ultimately, it's verified by Twin Galaxies again. It was not only this uh, organization that you know maintains maintains to this day a database of these world records, but right. it's it's an organization upon which the Guinness. Book of World Records relies for video game records. They just, you know, you guys do all the mm-hmm. legwork, verifying and all that. We'll just whatever you get, we trust you. That's right. Um, anyway, in the years since, Weeby Mitchell and some other folks have traded high scores o- over the, over, you know, over time. Some were performed live, some are performed on videotape and submitted, and you know, provided they pass muster, they're verified. Anyway, in 2018, several figures in the retro gaming community raised concern that Mitchell may have set his Donkey Kong records on a modified arcade cabinet. Mm-mm. Including ones he did live, and after a months long investigation, Twin Galaxies, which is now under new management, found that Mitchell's two high scores of just over a million points were tainted. Mm-hmm. Even while Mitchell claimed to have twenty five witnesses watch him, were friends. It turns out all all of them were friends. <laughs> <no strangers. laughs> set the various high scores, fellow video gamer David Rice, who's a competitor of Mitchell's, posted photos on Facebook of, the, of Mitchell at the, the convention in, in which he, during which he set this record. And he noted something really unusual uh, for what was, should have been, a vintage Donkey Kong cabinet. Instead of having the little short joystick with a black uh, grip on it, it had a longer uh, joystick with a red uh, grip on it. Oh. And so, as a result, Mitchell was stripped of his records, banned from Twin Galaxies leaderboards, prompting Mitchell to sue the new owners of Twin Galaxies for defamation, saying that <laughs> this was just the new owners. Jace Hall had it in for Mitchell because he didn't like his hairstyle and his dopey tie.
2: <laughs> Understandable. Right. Cat, he looks
0: like the villain in an 80s movie. <laughs> you know, we rewatched, uh, the three of us rewatched Roadhouse not too long ago. And. Mm-hmm. He, he could have ready. been a member of uh, mm-hmm. what's his name, Brad, uh, the bad guy. Oh,
2: Brad Wesley. Brad Wesley's crew. Something. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. oh, totally.
0: <laughs> could have been like Brad Wesley's accountant,
2: <laughs> and he looks like that to this day.
0: Anyway, oh, anyway, no. this was just one of several lawsuits against that Mitchell uh, filed against several people that were saying he's a fraud, uh, including YouTuber Carl uh, called Yopes. Who uh, uh, yeah. That's how I'm going to say. It. I've watched his videos. I mean, he 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 brings the receipts. This guy. Yeah. Anyway, so he sues Twin Galaxy for kicking away his records and defaming him. They countersue him, saying that he he uh, was actually conspiring with the prior Twin Galaxy's owner Walter Day, who's mm-hmm. also featured in that documentary, mm-hmm. for, for this fraud just to bring notoriety to the, to the you know to themselves because you know they, they were friends, and to the organization Twin Galaxies. Well, they dragged on for years, but we finally have a conclusion to this case. And I got to tell you, I am really bummed at the conclusion of it because just last month. Just yeah. three months before they were going to go to trial, a settlement was announced in L.A. Uh, mm-hmm. County mm-hmm. Superior Court. Mm-hmm. I want to see this guy lose.
1: <laughs> oh, I was going to say,
2: why are you disappointed? I,
1: I, I was trying to divine your personal opinion. I think I've picked up on it now. Yes.
2: <laughs> yeah. You think? Uh,
1: look,
0: yes. now, admittedly, mm. my, uh, much like uh, Mitchell's cabinet, my perception of him is tainted tainted by uh (laughs) the the king of kong documentary which you know i watched when it came out several years ago yeah they cleverly make him out to be a bad guy you know a villain versus this sort of all-american you know baseball Uh uh, apple pie eating steve weeby and it's great it is great how dramatic it plays out over time Uh but since and 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 there were criticisms of the documentary at the time saying look you're really making this guy look like a bad guy and he's not really a bad guy you know he's just you know, trying to make his bones as a professional video game player or whatever, and used car salesman maybe, John,
1: or mortgage broker. He's something else. Mortgage broker. I don't yeah, know. he also makes his own hot sauce. Yeah, he lives down here hot in Florida. To the oh, surprise right? of no one. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> but but in the years <laughs> since, he's only seemed to have proven yeah. that he is. So, okay, we can't do this whole story without look. I have I've met Billy Mitchell. I've spoke with Billy Mitchell. Gen X grown up has interviewed Billy Mitchell. Um, he is a very different guy inside of like the 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 six foot bubble of you know your personal space. At a distance, he's just what you see in a King of Kong, but up close, he lets that guard down a bit, and you get to he gives great hugs. (sighs) (sighs) First is Tracy Chapman, now it's Billy Mitchell. Sorry, sorry, sorry. sorry. (laughs) I think he is a bullshit artist, without a doubt. I think he believes his own press, without a doubt. However, this entire controversy, and I watch all the things on as much as I can. There's not all probably, but it's this battle over the spirit of the law versus the letter of the law. I think, yes, what he did was technically not, to the letter of the law, a absolute unmodified cabinet, which are becoming harder and harder to come across that are still working. So imagine if you're a race car driver and they said, oh, well, your your steering wheel was the wrong color. Therefore, you lost the race. Mm. And it's like, okay. I'm not saying it's equivalent to that. I'm saying yeah. there are differences. Emulation is notoriously accurate. So if I set a record on emulation, I understand that it would not be accepted. In fact, now there's a mm-hmm. subcategory for emulation versus original hardware. <laughs> so they do acknowledge that now. However, mm-hmm. the same skills are required to do that thing. It's not like you had... You know, you wrote a new ROM or something, or you modified the game, but I understand you mm-hmm. need a level playing field. However, I whenever I hear them talk about it, it's nitpicking, like the height of the joystick, the ball top is black instead of red, which does absolutely say it was modified from the original. Yes. Does that actually affect your ability to perform on it in a way that would make you get a higher score? That's the question. This is where I say it's kind of the letter of the law versus the spirit of the law. So Yeah,
2: good point.
1: I think he's been very vilified- And it's because of his personality that he never is able to clear his own name because he just spouts some more crazy stuff. But he's definitely not as bad a guy as he's made out to be, in my opinion, because I met him personally.
0: Kat, we know what this means, right? What Uh, what does this mean? It means John is under the influence of Billy Mitchell. (laughs) (laughs) You met him in person, somehow... He Charmed him. I don't know how he charmed him.
2: He's one of the 25 witnesses. (laughs)
1: Yeah, I saw him do (laughs) it. I did. No, I mean, look, wait a second.
0: Okay, whatever. Let's just move on, I
1: guess. What was that? Will has no retort. Let's move on.
0: No, what I I do have retorts, but all right, look, a couple things. One, first of all, the NASCAR analogy, NASCAR does have rules and you, and it's not related to color. It's related to something that may change your performance. And the idea that they have everything equal is to say that, look, if everybody has exactly this, then we know we don't have to even consider whether or not these things make you better or worse at anything. And Mm -hmm. instead Mm -hmm. of doing that, he still played twice, not only once, but twice on cabinets that were Mm -hmm. modified. Now we don't know to what extent they were modified except for the joystick. That's one thing. But the second thing is the joystick. I don't look, I don't know science, but I know that you get different leverage with a longer thing than you get with a shorter thing. So Mm -hmm. already that suggests to me that there's probably a physical difference between using that little stubby thing versus Mm -hmm. using a you know, a different controller.
1: But whatever, John, Mm -hmm. you can have him. I'm not defending her or saying he's innocent. I'm saying he's been vilified as someone that is, you know, thumbing his nose at authority where actually he is being... He may have bent a rule. He is not a cheater, as he has been laid out to be, in my opinion, from what I've seen. So I might be wrong, but from everything I have seen, it's been really blown out of proportion.
2: Was he deceitful, though? Did he lie about
1: some of this? Yeah, maybe. I I think think he he thinks he was justified in the lie. I think he believes, Mm -hmm. I know that what I did was not cheating. Therefore, but if I say anything other than, yes, I cheated then they'll call me a cheater. So it's, if he knows right. yeah. I didn't take performance enhancing drugs, it's just my sneakers were clean that day. That's why I won the race kind of thing. But if I say I, I <laughs> right. cleaned my sneakers, they'll say I was a cheater. So I, I think he has absolutely stretched the truth in a way to ensure that he is not further vilified. I don't think he is the egregious cheater that he's made out to be. All
0: right. Well, there you go. Well, uh, no one appeared more pleased with the end of the case, however, than the <laughs> judge. We told yeah. the party during the short hearing, quote, oh, my word, can you tell how happy I am? End quote. That's exactly how I feel about this segment. <laughs> it's over. Uh, Miss So says, it's definitely an 80s villain, but also says asks, who hurt you, Will? Oh. oh. Uh, <laughs> Nick says, the size of the joystick doesn't. It's the motion of the controller. <laughs> the, <laughs> the size doesn't matter, Nick. Yes, right. wanna oh, all All right, so there you go. All right, so there you go. That's that's that. All right, so hey, and you'll see why we talked about that, which that, that's current story. That just happened. And, and, yeah. Whatever. Let's yeah. talk about this other one where we could maybe be a little more definitive in our accusations and John won't support it. We'll see. John may be in the tank for this next guy too. We don't know, but let's find out. Stick around when we find out. <laughs> Stick around if we find out if Todd Rogers also gives great hugs. I know it doesn't sound like it because our show sounds so damn good, but we don't have a big corporate sponsor or a giant podcast network behind us. No. In fact, this show is brought to you week after week with the generosity of folks just like you, listeners who give us a dollar or two or more every month to help us pay all the different bills associated with creating a wonderful show about the 1980s. To find out how you can support our show with a dollar or two or the many free ways to help our show, visit 1980snow.com support. Whatever you do, thank you so much. Our show is brought to you courtesy of Sweets and Geeks. I'm so excited to have them as a sponsor because I shop there. And you can too. At SweetsandGeeks.com. We're going to give away a gift card in just a few minutes here. After I tell you about this true crime story. It's going to happen right now. I'm going to tell you about the true story, uh, uh, the true crime. Mm -hmm. Perpetrated by Billy Mitchell's literal friend. Yep. Certainly was back in the day. I don't know if they're still buddies or not. But another mm-hmm. gentleman named by the name by the name of Todd Rogers. In order to do this, uh, I'm going to assume a silly voice, and we'll see how well I could do it this uh, at this hour yes, in front of ready. a live audience.
1: Mm-hmm. Excellent.
0: With, with very little, wa- with no water left.
1: Mm. Oh, uh oh. And, Uh-oh. and with some trouble. music
0: playing in the background. So yeah, let's start the music,
1: and then we'll talk. <laughs> okay.
0: And like always, you guys stop me if you have any questions, comments, suggestions <laughs> how to how to improve it. And the same for the folks uh, in the live audience as well. <laughs> uh, I, I, and quite honestly, I don't remember how to do the voice because I feel like we did something recently where I did a different voice. And uh, it oh. kind of screwed me up. Did
2: now. you? Yeah, you did. Oh, oh Halloween. Oh.
0: Halloween, that's what it was.
2: <gasps> oh, my gosh. Oh, yes. you did. You're yeah.
3: Yeah.
2: Your, ha- your Halloween
3: character. <laughs> On November 12th. Okay, there we go. I think that's it. Oh, perfect. Nope, we found there it. All right, here we go. We're back. All right. Mm-hmm. On November thirtieth, twenty twenty twelve, for the first time in history, again, and this isn't funny. I just want—I always say that, right? This isn't funny. It's not meant to be funny.
1: All right. I mean, twenty twenty twelve was funny, but the rest is not. (laughs) (laughs) On November
3: thirtieth, twenty twelve,
0: is that right? Twenty twelve? That sounds weird.
2: Hmm.
1: I guess I'm used used to being in twenties for a few years now. It's it's not twenty twenty twelve. I assure you. I might not be right, but I'm righter than you. Is this one of those sci-fi movies we were talking about earlier? Yes. Sitting
3: here in the year (laughs) 2012? On November 30th, 2012, for the first time in its history, the Guinness Book of Records created a new accolade. The world-renowned organization recognized veteran gamer Todd Rogers for whole... Now everybody gets to see the face I make now, I realize, unless we put the screen on cat the whole time. (laughs) (laughs)
1: It's just just a regular face. The world renowned organization.
3: (laughs) Recognized veteran gamer Todd Rogers for holding the longest standing video game high score. According to the newly created record, three decades earlier, Rogers had achieved an unbeaten score. A time of 5.51 seconds. On the Atari 2600 Game Dragster. There was just mm. one problem. That time was impossible. Oh.
2: Okay. Or was it? Oh. I've never played. I don't know. If Billy no. Mitchell
0: did it, John would be like, it's possible. <laughs> it's sandalwood, I'm telling you.
3: Love you, John. I love you. You know that. Oh. <laughs> Born on December 1st, 1964, or some would say 2020, 1964, <laughs> in Oaklawn, in Illinois, Bob Rogers led a typical suburban childhood. His time divided behi- between playing sports and collecting comic books. Then, in 1972, Rogers got his first taste for the medium that would change his life. At a mere eight years of age, an Odyssey system was made a staple in
1: his living room. I had one of those.
3: Do either guys have an Odyssey?
1: No, mm-hmm. right? Played Odyssey 2 at a good friend's house. We didn't have the first oh, Odyssey. Oh, I think didn't, that's didn't have I had. either. Maybe it is. Yeah, yeah.
0: That, that was the one with the plastic screens you put on the thing. Mm-hmm.
1: The TV, right? and, uh, and Odyssey 2 had cartridges like the Atari did. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. The Odyssey 1 didn't have cartridges. Odyssey 2 may have. Again, I didn't okay. own either. That's my recollection. All right, so he's
3: playing with an Odyssey. Rogers and his older brother spent hours testing one another at Pong and other rudimentary video games. Then, five years later, another world-changing milestone for the young video gamer. In 1977, a new console would usurp the Odyssey's role in the Rogers household. The Atari 2600. Uh What? The game (laughs) that would forever change Roger's life was yet to be created by a company that didn't exist. Uh, uh, Okay. Ever? (laughs) Yeah. It never existed.
1: (laughs) I can't can't tell if this is my favorite or least favorite true crime yet because I know the story so well. And I'm almost like, oh. yeah, and that's next, and that's next. So it's, it's less of a surprise, but I'm more invested. So it's, it's 50-50. And much like every single of
2: these, <laughs> I know nothing. And um, um, you have my full attention. There you go.
0: <laughs> yep. <laughs> we got to see if there's any Duran Duran-related
3: crimes from the 90s. <laughs> <laughs> In 1980, Activision a company created by disgruntled former employees of Atari released its first game for the popular console, Dragster, an unlicensed port of the key games arcade coin-op Drag Race. It was programmed by Activision co-founder David Crane. In the game, the player races against the clock or another player to complete a quarter mile track in the fastest time. As with Activision's other titles, a club was formed to recognize the most talented gamers. Those who reached the finish line in less than six seconds were invited to join Activision's official World Class Dragster Club, a.k.a. the Global Virgin Society.
1: Oh! Oh! Wait, what? Oh! Oh, my back! The world There's a class knife right drag- in my back!
0: The World Class Dragster Club was also known as the Global Virgin Society. John, were you a member of the world class dragster club? You've got badges, patches, don't you? John's got patches. I know he's got patches. I don't want to talk about it. (laughs) What patches do you have, John?
1: I don't want to talk about it.
2: (laughs) Why was it called the Global Virgin Society? Will is just
1: making that up to make fun of those of us who enjoyed video games at an early age.
2: Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Therefore,
1: implying that we would never amount to anything, including being worthy of the love of another. Oh now,
2: okay. Thank you, th- you. now
0: John I mean Kat, it's not true though entirely. I'm I'm really only joking because some of those folks went on to have very successful YouTube channels.
3: <laughs> about retro games. <laughs> oh my gosh. On December first, nineteen eighty. Am I just discouraging John from talking at all for the rest of the I- <laughs>
2: I think he was biting his arm a few seconds ago.
3: (laughs) On December 1st. Mm. All right. That's it. We're even, John. Okay. We're even for the thing that we won't (laughs) talk about. We're even.
0: Okay. Any jokes going forward? It's new stuff. It's a new material. New stuff.
3: All right. Okay. I can do that. On December 1st, 1980, at age 16. Rogers' proclivity for video games paid off. He became a certified member of the world-class Dragster Club with a time of 5.4 seconds. It was an honor that was memorialized by Activision on official membership certificate number 157. In the years that followed, Rogers continued to earn membership to Activision's various honorary game clubs. Mm -hmm. Then... In 1982, Activision invited Rogers to demonstrate their games at Consumer... (laughs) At CES? (laughs) At Consumer Electro... (laughs) At the Consumer Electronics Show. A role that would continue for the next few years. Mm. It was during this time that Rogers achieved another breakthrough. He had bested his previous Dragster high score, completing the game in a work in a record-setting 5.51 seconds. Once again, the world-class Dragster club recognized his achievement, this time with a notice in the spring 1983 edition of Activision's official newsletter.
0: Very exciting. No, I know it okay. seems like I'm just promoting these uh, these publications that no longer exist, but
1: it, it is important <laughs> how mm-hmm. this was documented. Certainly. So, Activision understood you bring the top talent with you to the Consumer Electronics Show. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You have them show off your products. Yep, it makes good sense. I understand uh-huh. it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, what happened next, Will?
4: <laughs>
3: <laughs>
1: In spite of his
3: early success, Guinness did not recognize Rogers until twenty. 20- It was at that time that a new honor was created among the annals of the world record keepers. Hmm. On November 30th of that year Guinness acknowledged that Rogers had achieved a milestone unique even for the multiple record holder. Hmm. He had held an unbeaten high score for longer than any other gamer. What? But, but, but just six years later, Roger's record would be wiped from the record books. And not because someone had fared better than Roger's time. Uh Uh Uh-oh. He was murdered.
4: (laughs) (laughs) What?
1: (laughs) He lost his V-card and was no longer allowed to play (laughs) games. He
3: lost his chi. He was getting laid left and right. And found out without his spirit, or some would say chism or jazz,
1: he wasn't able to compete at the
3: level he needed to. His
1: dragster score was up to 73 seconds. Yes. Was dragging.
2: Dragging ass. He was dragon. He hmm. was
1: dragon-ass.
2: Dragster, he was dragon.
3: In 2017, just five years later, no, just five years after he achieved a Guinness World Record, Roger's score began to be challenged.
4: Mm.
3: While the score had been suspected as impossible for years, an official dispute was opened with Twin Galaxies, the organization that I mentioned earlier, Mm -hmm. that Will mentioned earlier, I don't know who I am, <laughs> <laughs> the organization that had documented, that has documented video game high scores for nearly 40 years. Included among the growing evidence of foul play was the work of computer scientist Eric Omnigamer Koziel. After That's analyzing the name? tracksters, what's that?
2: That's his middle name, Omnigamer?
3: <laughs> John's calculator or something, is it? Calculon, what is it?
1: <laughs> Not at birth. <laughs>
3: After analyzing the Jagster's computer code Mm -hmm. Omnigamer determined That the best possible time That could be achieved On the game Is 5.57 seconds To be sure Twin Galaxies Asked noted hacker And modder Ben Heck To work with Rogers To see if 5.51 Could be reached but even with Rogers' guidance, Heck was unable to replicate Rogers' alleged high score.
0: I mean, they had these guys just hack it and, like, all right, just just create an mm-hmm. algorithm or a computer code that just plays the game as best as anybody can play it, mm-hmm. and they okay. could not get the computer could not get this score. So whereas earlier, you know, I had joked that raccoons had achieved a million at Donkey Kong. They're Mm -hmm. able to program a computer to be really good at Pac-Man, Donkey Kong, etc. This one, this game maxed out at or or the the highest score, that the best score could be achieved was not what Todd Rogers had claimed he had had,
1: uh, done in 1982. Before we go on, I think it's worth noting that I think Kat said she's not aware of the game. It might be worth just a quick overview of what Mm -hmm. the game is. It's very simple. Yeah. Okay. While it is a drag racing game, mm-hmm. you, you have these two two cars, one on top of the other. So the two-player that Will mentioned. And on mm-hmm. your turn, the the single red button on that beautiful joystick is your gas yes. button. And then the oh, up and okay. down is the gear shift. And so the thing is, it's about timing. You know, it's, it's driving a manual transmission. You're going to go, and then you tap the joystick up. You let off the gas and tap the joystick and accelerate. And it's about how accurately you can shift and how quickly you can get up to speed. And you can also blow your engine. If you over rev at a lower speed, mm-hmm. just ending your oh, run gosh. entirely. So you just take another run, take another one, take another run. So the record is what? 5.5 seconds under six seconds. You literally play the entire game in that long. The game is over and you just go again. You go again, you go again, trying to get the best score wow. by not blowing your engine and getting to the finish line as quickly as you can. So
2: this sounds like my kind of game.
1: <laughs> yeah. what wow. about what is it
0: what about it that appeals to you
2: um because i like driving uh standard shift oh yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. i love driving and i also love uh, a standard shift mm-hmm. so yeah i would have been all about this mm-hmm. yeah. i wish i'd had it yeah yeah
0: yeah, yeah. yeah. I and mean, certainly you could still yeah. play it on an emulator or you know, yeah the 2600 <laughs> today Yep. I could. Yep. And unlike yeah. the Docky Cock cabinets that John referred to earlier, they're, they're, they're plentiful, these 2600s. People are yep. constantly mm-hmm. selling them on mm-hmm. eBay, Facebook, pizza, mm-hmm. etc.
3: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If Dragster couldn't be completed in 5.51 seconds, how did Roger's score come to be acknowledged by the prestigious Guinness Book of World Records? According to Guinness, they relied on the records of twin galaxies, in turn, the original owner of Twin Galaxies, Walter Day, indicated that Twin Galaxies had relied on Activision's certification. This was unusual, because Twin Galaxies usually required a high score to be achieved live, or for videotaped evidence to be submitted.
2: Okay, uh, uh-huh. was it not?
3: No. Yeah, so, So. yeah, Activision says, we, we,
0: we got a record here. We, we verified it. Guinness Book uh-huh. says, okay, that's good enough. Or Twin Galaxy says, that's good enough for us. Twin Galaxy mm-hmm. puts it mm-hmm. in their system. Guinness says, oh, what do mm-hmm. you got for world records? Oh, that?
3: Okay, so now this guy's good to go. Wow. Huh.
4: Too many filters.
3: To your question, cat. Mm-hmm. Activision had relied on a Polaroid <laughs> provided by a young Rogers in 1983. But... Activision didn't require gamers to write their scores on the photographs submitted for admission to the world-class Dragster Club, so many believe it's likely the photo was actually that of a 5.57 score that only appeared to be 5.51 due to screen glare or other issues that made the image difficult to read.
1: Wow! And if someone says you got a higher score than you did, maybe you don't correct them.
2: Maybe you just let it go. Like, okay, oh, that's
1: close. Mm-hmm. Look, that's only f- f- six hundredths of a second difference. Yeah, let it go. Right. Yeah.
0: It's curious that at the time, Activision didn't know the limits of the game itself that they could say,
3: "Wait a second. Mm,
1: right. Even if
3: a five point five one had been achieved, however. Twin Galaxies' reliance on Activision to determine the dragster record holder is flawed. Because in the spring of 1983, the issue of Activision's newsletter, the one that acknowledged Roger's high score... Mm-hmm. Oh, I something here. Oh, sorry again. Because Ooh. in the spring 1983 issue of Activision's newsletter, mm-hmm. the one that acknowledged... Just, acknowledged Roger's high score. Two other gamers were noted to have achieved the same time of 5.51. Oh. In fact, according to an earlier edition of the publication, these two gamers had scored 5.51 a year earlier than Roger's. Further, the next best score, according to Twin Galaxies, was 5.64. Which completely ignored the achievement of the other gamers.
4: Wow.
3: So it's one thing to say they relied on this picture
0: provided by Todd Rogers, which is already a little. Meh. I'm talking about Twin Galaxy. So Twin Galaxy said mm-hmm. they relied on Activision, they have a picture from it. But Twin Galaxy had to ignore ignore everybody else's record, including the ones that came earlier. Right. So he wouldn't Which, be a world record holder already, even by if you need to just take all these photos at face value.
1: Mm-hmm. The 5.6 scores were worse scores, but the two that claimed to be 5.51s five, five, earlier, I hadn't even heard that part of the story. That's new to me. Yeah. yeah. Two other people had claimed the same impossible score. And maybe for the same reasons, you know. Maybe, that but it almost lends credence, right? If three people got something impossible, you're like, eh. Yeah.
2: And what was the publication this was in?
1: It was an Activision's own mm-hmm. newsletter. It's a fan club newslettery thing that you could sign up for and they would send you because mm-hmm. they as Will said, they had this wonderful ecosystem that had never been done before where you could get a high score and take a photo and send it in. If you reach certain criteria, they would mail you back a patch to put on your jacket, or sometimes additional patches, like Starmaster had a like a main badge and then like uh deltas for ranks above it, you know, captain and Commander or whatever. It was really, really well done. and it made you it pulled you in. at a the time there's no internet, it made you part of a community that was awesome. John, I thought you didn't want to talk about that. I don't. I'm not gonna talk about. It. <laughs> uh, he spun it.
0: He spun it. <laughs> <laughs> but, and I, I coveted the laser blast patch. Mm-hmm. and yeah. I crushed at that game. It was it's a pretty simple game once mm-hmm. you get the sort of rhythm of it. Yes. So I was able to, I think you had to flip it or you had to get nine, 99,999, something like that. But whatever it was, I got it, but I mm-hmm. didn't have a Polaroid camera. Oh. So I had no way of, you know, and we didn't have any, <laughs> we didn't have any camera ready for me to, and my parents were not gonna let me leave this on the screen until I got a camera oh. to film it and stuff yeah. like that. Uh, <laughs> no. on the TV. <laughs> so I missed it, but, I, but uh, yeah, so I did, I did um, want to at least me be part of that club.
1: So, so to answer your question, <laughs> I evaded earlier. I did not ever own patches. I achieved them and Mm -hmm. I took the photos. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. yet my lazy ass self just never got around to mailing anything in. So (laughs) I still have a photo, one photo for star master where I took the picture Mm -hmm but I never sent it in. So it's in a photo album. Like there, I could have gotten oh, a patch cool. off of this. I didn't. Cause I, cause look, you, you develop film, you take the picture and then you forget about it because you're like, when are you going to get that role developed? What's it? What's on it? Pictures of Jonathan's video game scores. Well, we'll do that later after the vacation, right? You don't just rush it to mm-hmm. one hour developing because I wanted a patch. <laughs> just, so I forgot. Just one, <laughs> one picture was snapped on the film. You ignore the other, whatever, 28, nope, 29. Yeah. yeah. So you develop it when it's full. And I'm like, I, I was not full. So, oh
2: man! Yeah, that's all my story. the all the patch potential. Mm. <laughs> I think
0: we should see if we can get you that patch, John. Activision's still around. Mm-hmm. I wonder if there's a way to do that.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> those patches are highly coveted. Yeah, they're not reprinting them. Oh,
0: have you guys ever <laughs> interviewed David Crane? Maybe you know. I don't know. No, He's the guy no. Needs to talk to. Uh, Marcus mm-hmm. says he didn't get his Mega Mania patch because of the same thing with the camera. Yeah.
1: Yeah. <gasps> Which one? He didn't have a camera, or because he didn't get the get developed in time, and he got sidetracked. I'd believe both. <laughs> both. Let's
4: say both.
3: It is not known who entered Rogers' score into the Twin Galaxies database in 2001. Mm. It mm. is known, however, that Rogers himself was employed by Twin Galaxies from 1999
1: until tw- 2012. What? Really? Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh. You. You can see Rogers in the King of Kong documentary. He's there. He's he's in amidst all these players. Yeah. Oh, yeah.
3: Okay. And in 2013, Rogers admitted that he did enter his own scores on occasion.
2: On occasion.
3: Hmm. Under scrutiny, Rogers other unusual high scores on Twin Galaxies were questioned. The alleged video documenting Roger's score of 15 million points on NES's port of Donkey Kong were discovered to be missing or non-existent. Roger's time of 32.04 seconds in barnstorming was discovered to be impossible to achieve even with all the obstacles
1: removed from the game. As what? a crow flies, you couldn't do that, buddy. Oh,
4: <laughs> yeah. my God.
3: Oh, man. Rogers had a high score in Wabbit of 1,698 points, even though the game ends when a player reaches 1,300 points, and the score only increases in increments of five. yeah, you know, it's like that dumb criminals thing.
1: You couldn't even fake
3: it. Good. <laughs> Yes.
1: <laughs> so I'm, I'm, I'm wondering if the name of the game is Wabbit. I know it is. Yes. Or if that's just an extension of the miffed lisp that you had from earlier. Yes. It is. Oh, oh, he miffed a Wabbit. He missed. He missed no.
3: a high score on Wabbit. <laughs> it was confirmed that Roger's score in Fathom... Would have taken 325 hours to achieve.
1: <laughs> and there's no pause. There's no pause. There's no pause. Games. Right, there's no pause. Yeah, not back then. Finally. Well, if you had a diaper. Alleged, what's that? If you had a diaper. Right. You'd need all sorts of contraptions.
0: <laughs> You'd you to be hooked up to set. an IV or something. Yeah.
1: just somebody put Doritos in my mouth and change um, my diaper, um, no. I'm fathoming.
2: <laughs> you could set it up in the bathroom. You could have your, you know- oh, And eat
1: yes. in there, cats. You know. You're going to eat Doritos that's in the good. bathroom? I I wouldn't do it. And she has you though. sitting on
0: the toilet in this scenario. You know that. Well, that's why you're in the bathroom.
1: <laughs> what, well, I'm not yes. s- I'm sitting on the sink? Of course I'm gonna sit on the and toilet. And eating Doritos at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, or even worse. Maybe I'm just in a full tub. Oh. <laughs> oh I told no. you it was worse. <laughs>
0: That means when you're done, you're going to have to stomp some things down in trade.
1: <laughs> just, Just squish them. Squish them down. I'm working on my high score, Mom! I swear it's a baby Ruth floating in there. Other people in this house need to use the bathroom and play Wabbit. More Doritos!
0: Just...
4: Oh.
3: Finally, Roger's alleged score of sixty-five million points on Atari's fifty-two hundreds on Atari fifty two hundred Centipede far exceeded the second-placed record holder of fifty-eight thousand seventy-eight points.
2: Oh, mm. yes!
0: Again, he couldn't have just done fifty-nine thousand. Was his no. score?
1: No,
3: <laughs> he went to <laughs> Wait, sixty-five million.
2: Sixty-five million. 000. 000. <laughs> million.
3: <laughs> on january 29th 2018 faced with a growing number of complaints that rogers had falsified his time and <laughs> the increasing pile of evidence suggesting his
1: five oh, ten- i'm glad you said evidence
3: <laughs> did they
1: also say pickles Maybe <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh he's in the tub still <laughs> <laughs> I'm That's still in the so tub right now in this scenario. On <laughs> an increasing pile of excrement.
2: <laughs> That's where I was.
3: <laughs> the increasing pile of evidence suggesting his 5.51 second run on Draxler was impossible. Twin galaxies threw out all of Roger, Roger's records and banned him for life from mm-hmm. its scoreboards. Yep. Wow. Yeah. And following that disqualification from Twin Galaxies' scoreboard, the Guinness Book of World Records removed Rogers' record for the longest standing video game high score. Out of there. While Rogers' dubious notoriety far outlasted his fraudulent dragster time. (laughs) It seems it was Rogers that helped speed his fame to an end. It was only shortly after Rogers was acknowledged by Guinness that his dragster and other scores began to be scrutinized. But the reason (coughs) Guinness had created a new record for Rogers more than three decades after his alleged achievement is because Rogers himself had lobbied the organization for four years to
1: do so.
2: Oh, my gosh.
1: Double down.
2: (laughs) What? All right, there you go. How was that?
0: Mm. What?
2: He couldn't just have left it alone. (laughs) Yeah.
0: So, John, is this where you tell us Todd (gasps) Rogers smells great and he's a good dude? No. No.
1: Necessarily, I mean, I've met Todd certainly, and okay, we okay, uh, buckle up, yeah. everybody. So first, ha- have you heard of bit flipping? Are you familiar? Did that come up in your research at all? Bit flipping, huh? Part of the analysis of the dragster high score is that, yeah, it's impossible if you follow the rules of the game, and I don't mean me as a human follow the rules of the game. I mean if the computer follows its programming. Oh, And so there is this theoretical thing that can happen called bit flipping mm-hmm. where a zero is flipped to a one somewhere inside of code that's running. Mm-hmm. But it's done by external source, you know, an, an errant electron, a solar flare that's timed perfectly or whatever. And it just causes a bug. You've been on a computer and it worked a hundred times. and This time it froze, right? Sure. Uh I'm not saying that's bit flipping, but errors can, can happen even in rudimentary games. that are only 4k, 4k in size, tiny, tiny games. Mm. And so there Mm -hmm. was some debate. Is it possible? Was there just an error that took place that allowed him to achieve this? Because yes, the game programming doesn't allow it, but could it have been, you know, Saturn was in alignment with something and there was this weird, unlikely given the other records. Um, but, uh, there was research into bit flipping to say, is it possible if, and if enough of it happened, it had to been so absolutely unlikely, probably not, but yeah. Yeah. Uh,
0: I I do remember, I do recall that. And I thought you're right. I think they dismissed that as
1: certainly
0: Certainly as, at least as improbable.
1: Right. Exactly. It is so unlikely as to be effectively impossible. You would have to do several would have to happen at the right time at the right place to achieve that without also just blowing the game up, right? You can't, if certain things are invalid, the game will just crash. You know, you get the right. squiggly lines and you're dead. So
0: Yeah. And I, th- and I think also going against that, if I recall, because it it's it, it's on video when he works with, uh, who is it? The Heck, I think his name is something mm-hmm. like ben that, Heck. That, that, mm-hmm. Yeah, Ben Heck. It's all, it's all on video. He, Cause he's, he's teaching Heck like, all right, this is, Heck wants to observe him. What do you do? So yeah. I can, you know, make a computer do it basically. And yep. then when heck can't get the computer to do he's like, all right, well, Todd, there's got to be something secret, extra something you're doing that um, I'm missing here. Mm-hmm. And the way Todd describes him doing it is, it, is if, and he, he's saying he could do it all the time. So the fact that it's this like lightning, you know, sort of in yeah. a bottle kind of scenario, not from Roger's perspective. He talks about like he's do, he's been doing, I could do it, no problem. I just have a technique. Yep. I could do it all the time. And then mm-hmm. on video with heck, he's like, uh, it's that thing. I'm
1: sorry, honey. This he is just never happening to right. me before. Right. If, if, without the, if the cameras weren't rolling, I'd do it all the time. There's no evidence of yeah. him doing it live recorded ever. Yeah. I, I don't know him well. I've met him, yeah. I actually met him at SFGE, the convention in Atlanta. And, uh,
4: okay. Oh. Yeah. So it, what, it,
1: what year uh, would that have been? Because now he's. That would have been, uh, 2018. That was right before this blew
0: up, I think. Yes. Yeah. That was
1: right when, uh, Billy Mitchell was on his, uh, vindication tour or whatever he was calling it when he was sure he was going to you know beat all these yeah litigious uh, these cases against him and uh-huh. uh, and we had interviewed billy mitchell and uh, it did great uh-huh. for us and so here's todd rogers another uh controversial figure in video game history mm-hmm. right and so we're like hey would we interview you he's like yeah not right now or anything i got to leave cuz i'm going to i'm going to be interviewed on espn the ocho or some some network or whatever and we're like, he's like, we'll get together and do it. What? And, and we're like, hey, if we give you one of our Gen X grown-up t-shirts, you can wear it on ESPN when you do the thing. He's like, all right. So he gave him one of our shirts and he never called us again, never answered our emails. Mm. So he got a free shirt. Uh-huh. Todd Rogers owes me a shirt. Or, mm. or 15 bucks for a shirt. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you're getting that, John. No, I don't want it back.
0: When you talked to Billy Mitchell, John, uh, did you ask him about the, you know, the controversy with regard to his Donkey Kong scores?
1: That's all that's all, that's all we talked about. Yeah, okay. that's all we mm. talked about. Yeah. And he's a politician. He has a way of answering a question without saying yes or no, you know. Mm-hmm. Now he did, we did ask him, and our thumbnail even said, says, did I cheat? No. Like we outright ask him, Billy, did you cheat on your Donkey Kong score? And he's inequiv- unequivocally, no, I did not. And then we went on with further questions about, and he kind of talks circuitously. And so he's, he's a bullshit artist, as I said, definitely. Uh, And he travels in those bullshit artist circles with also questionable video game record holders. (laughs) Including at least one Uh time
0: Todd Rogers. Yeah. Yeah. Indeed. Yep. All right. Hey, That was that story. Now, look, I don't want folks don't don't log off because we're going to give away a prize now thanks to our sponsor. Speaking about Mm -hmm. games, not video games, but board games. We're talking about a reputable source. One that's, you know, what's the word? Like you can't, like, uh, not indisputable. It's, uh, gee, I hate Um, that. I hate when this happens, man. It feels like a physical barrier. Like someone saying, you know, here, curl (laughs) this 100-pound weight. You know, it's like that to me.
1: Huh indisputable. All right, whatever.
0: Yeah, it's not that. It's like when someone has a record, like it's a reputation that's just unassailable. Unassailable. Unassailable, unassailable reputation. That's a there you great go. Word. You got it. The, the, yeah. uh, I'm talking about the uh, the store Sweets and Geeks and again, uh so if you don't know who they are, you should find out because they're a pop culture haven for retro and modern memorabilia and and this is a really cool thing. Candy. Now, I didn't realize until I went to this location. Now, if you're within the area of Northeast Ohio and you could actually get there, go to sweetsandgeeks.com to find out where they are. You'll learn like I did that this kind of stuff goes together. I didn't realize how much nostalgia I had for candy. I get the other stuff. Sure. That makes sense to me, you know?
1: Oh, Uh, well, you know, virgins love candy. (laughs) (laughs) But
0: you have uh, tons of candy there. International candy, also candy from different eras. You know, candy, candy that I recognize from you know that I loved as a kid. And I get all, all, all my candy, my games. I get them all there. I got my Goonies game there. There's a lot of 1980 <laughs> stuff too. Goonies game there. The Indiana Jones game I played with Cat uh, during her visit during New Year's. Yeah, we got, yes. I got there. I've gotten Funko pops there. Comic books. I've gotten mm-hmm. dice for D and D. I've gotten figures for D and D, and tons mm-hmm. of candy to eat while I played D and D. <laughs> I think once I bought choco balls. <laughs> what? Speaking of true crime, were they tainted or they are just standard choco balls? No, no, yeah, they didn't have. We- I looked to see they had a warning on them. <laughs> That's good. Yeah,
2: no, we, we yeah. didn't get to see them. We need to see these choco balls. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, if you look, if you're if
0: you're in the area uh, northeast Ohio, you can reach them there in in the in, the his, in historic Medina. And the historic Medina Square uh, uh, here in Medina, Ohio. But uh, the great news for those outside the area is they have an online store where you could buy these items that I'm talking about as well. And today we're going to be giving away a $25 gift card that you can use mm-hmm. toward your purchase, again, either in-store or online, to get your next uh, bit of memorabilia or, or game or candy or whatever. Uh,
1: mm-hmm. Okay, so
0: here's how we're going to do it. We're going to do, uh, if you just put in the comments right now, hashtag uh, hashtag... Sweets. No, 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 Scratch that. Hashtag geeks, let's say. Hashtag geeks, right? Mm. Let's emphasis on the geeks considering our conversation today. <laughs> yes. uh, in particular with regard to uh, you know. I resemble I'm that. I'm glad remark. you
2: didn't tell them to put hashtag virgins.
0: <laughs> oh my god, cat, we have a sponsor. What are you trying to do to me?
1: <laughs> <laughs> Nip that in the bud.
0: <laughs> All right, it's going, it's going, it's going. Minnesota! Minnesota!
2: Right. Congratulations. Cool. All right.
0: So we'll get your, uh, get your information so we can figure out how to get this gift card over to you. And that uh, look, if you want to, if, if you're listening to the show, if this made it into the show, join us next time for your chance to win a cool prize from one of our uh, upcoming sponsors.
1: <laughs> if it didn't make it into the show, join us anyway.
0: <laughs> and I promise you less angry, less angry episode i'll be over it by then
1: <laughs> don't make any promises okay.
2: all right hey that was our show and mm-hmm. our show is brought to you thanks in part to our early adopters mm-hmm. like karen flieger mm-hmm. and rick parker Yay, Rick. and thank you especially to our secret of our success level patreon mm-hmm. supporters nick Gillery, mm-hmm. craig coletta mm-hmm. matt marino hey. john henderson mm-hmm. brandon greer mm-hmm. Marcus Taylor, mm-hmm. and Tony Gray. Right. Uh, Outstanding. Hey, thank you.
0: Thank you yeah, so thanks, much uh, to all of our wonderful patrons that support us uh, every week. Uh, help us uh, pay the bills that are necessary. Necessary. We're not just spending, you know, we're not going to strip clubs and <laughs> making well, it rain. Maybe you're not. Cat. Spe- <laughs> we have a sponsor. What are you doing? <laughs> it's not illegal. She could do that. Oh taking us down <laughs> into the bathtub. She's doing <laughs> Things are already piling up in there. and now we're Get your head go. out from
1: under the water. Yeah, Todd, come, come that's up, filthy. Come up for a Pringle or whatever it was. <laughs> Doritos. Doritos. Uh,
0: but yeah, without these folks, we wouldn't be able to pay those necessary bills to keep the show published every week. Uh, and that's that. Hey, join us next week. We'll be talking about one-hit wonders, right, uh, and cha- oh. challenging us yes. to be, be embarrassing fun. us. Yes. Maybe John... We can use the comments maybe as help. I don't know. Maybe there's oh, a way. Oh, no. little. Sure. Oh, no. Sure. <laughs> oh, no. <You're> gonna- <laughs> maybe we could bring on a special guest who knows about music and we'll be like a surprise guest.
2: Hmm. Uh, nope. Nope. <laughs> okay. There you go. Well, hey,
0: no special tell us an answer. legendary producer Nile Rogers. Hey, Nile. All right. Tell us if there's oh, one oh, wonders. Oh,
2: okay. 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 He can come on. <laughs> All
0: right. We'll have to see what happens was- then. When we talk to you <laughs> next <laughs> time. On 1980s
2: Now. Until next time.
1: I'm going to miss you.